Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. This word harlot occurs five times in Revelation, but this great harlot is the false religious system. She is Satan's counterfeit religion, an imitation of the true bride of Christ. Satan doesn't come up with anything new. He counterfeits what we know to be true, and that's the greatest form of deception. He doesn't create anything new. We'd be able to spot it out. No, it's so similar, so very close to what the Bible says about the bride of Christ and our relationship with with the Lord. He says, well, I'm just going to do the same thing. Thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. As a religious system, Babylon came into being long before Christianity, but in satanic imitation, it anticipated the coming true Messiah. According to religious history and legend, the Babylonian religion was founded by the wife of Nimrod, a great-grandson of Noah named Semiramis. She was a high priestess of idol worship, and she gave birth to a son whom she claimed was conceived miraculously. The son, named Tammuz, was considered a savior. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. I need to get with the program, or I need to get off the program, but make your calling and election sure. Isn't that what it's about? Please, I beg you. To take your relationship with Christ serious, don't let it be just a part of your life. Believe me, let it consume all of your life, because you're going to be the better for it anyway. It's so important. Do you understand? Don't be a part of this harlot church that is in the world today. It's in Protestant Christianity. It's in Rome. It's in Catholicism. It's all going to come together at some point, and they're all going to sing, sing kubaya together, and, you know, and everyone's going to feel fine with that. But the real church, the true, true church of Jesus Christ, those who are born again of God's Spirit are going to be taken out before. They're going to be taken out. God's going to remove us. Do you want to be in that number? Oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints, when the saints come marching in. Bear with me. Oh, how I love to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Amen. Right? I want to be in that number. I want to be in the number. And I am in the number. Is it because I'm a good person? No, I'm a wretch. But I would, just like this says in, this, in Amazing Grace, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I need to know that I'm a wretch before I can be saved. And now that I am saved, does it make me perfect? No, I'm more aware of my sin now more than ever. But hopefully I'm sinning less than I used to be. And it's true. 
God is conforming us to his image. It is a process. Don't be discouraged when you fall. You get right back up again, Christian, and you, you confess it, and you give your heart to him, and you start fresh, and he says, great, let's go on and do great things. I've forgiven you. It's gone. I cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. It's done. Do you believe it, though? We don't often believe that. We sin and we kind of walk around like Eeyore for weeks or days. Oh, I did it again. I can't believe it. I'm such a doofus. I'm such a doofenshmirtz. And God says, why are you crying? Yeah, you sinned, but didn't you ask for forgiveness? And didn't you, did my blood indeed wash you from all unrighteousness, as my word has said? Do you believe that? So important to believe that. Again, it's not cheap. It's not cheap grace. No, it's, it's costly. But when you understand the cost that was paid for your, for your sin, how important it is. And it honors him to say, you know what, I'm, I, I'm done with that. I know he's forgiven me of that. Now, walk in newness of life. And don't touch it again. And if you do, and you fall again, what do you do? Do you give up and throw in the towel? And join the church of Satan? No. A righteous man falls down, he gets up seven times. Gets up eight times, nine times. You just keep getting up, and you keep confessing, asking God to give you the grace, the the gift of repentance. Sometimes that takes a while for us to hate our sin enough to, and then finally repent of it. Is that? Do you find that true in your own life? There have been things in my life where I've hated it, I hated it, and I hated it, and I hated it, and I've kept doing it, and I hated it, and finally you're just like, man, I am just so sick of me. I am just so sick of me. Lord, save this wretch. And he goes, great. And even as a Christian, you keep confessing, and you keep asking, and you keep fighting. Fight it, fight it, fight it. Don't cave in for one minute. You don't want to be a part of the harlot church. And that's really what he's speaking of here. In the end days, there is going to be a harlot church. It's going to be an ecumenical movement full of Catholics, Protestants, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, you name it, Hare Krishnas, uh, whatever it is, Zoroastrians. It's going to be filled with all kinds of New Age stuff. And it's going to sound so good because Babylon is at the center of all those mystery things. The mystery religions of Babylon. But the word is porne. And this word great harlot, we see it here in the first verse. And we're also going to see it when we get to Revelation chapter 19. Where it says that in verse 2 it says, For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servant shed by her. This harlot church is going to persecute you, Christian. It's been doing it. And I don't believe that it's just Rome. I don't believe that it's just Rome. There have been those who said the harlot church is Rome. But actually it's much broader than that. They're certainly part of it. But it's also going to include Protestantism. Romanism, the New Age movement, it's going to include the whole thing. It's going to include the whole thing. And they have shed the blood. Collectively and individually, they have killed the saints of God. They have shed blood. The Roman Catholic Church and the Inquisition between the 12th and the 16th century, they killed thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the Inquisition. Because they thought they were heretic, because they, many of them were heretics, but many of them were the true church of Jesus Christ. 
People like Martin Luther, who nailed the 95 things that were wrong, (laughs) nailed them on the door of the church at Wittenberg. This word harlot occurs five times in Revelation, but this great harlot is the false religious system. She is Satan's counterfeit religion, an imitation of the true bride of Christ. Satan doesn't come up with anything new. He counterfeits what we know to be true, and that's the greatest form of deception. He doesn't create anything new. We'd be able to spot it out. No, it's so similar, so very close to what the Bible says about the bride of Christ and our relationship with with the Lord. He says, well, I'm just going to do the same thing. He also has a demonic trinity. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. devil goes, that's a really great idea. Now, if I come up and I only have one person who's deceiving, nobody will believe that. But if I can have this uh, myself, Satan, you know, saying, speaking to himself, and I can have a false prophet like Jesus, and a, or I'm sorry, a beast, an antichrist like Jesus, and then a false prophet like the Holy Spirit, boy, people take to that. Three in one. Hmm, sounds familiar. But this harlot church, again, is a combination of apostate Protestantism, Romanism, atheism. It's going to be a huge ecumenical movement. Dave Hunt had a really great book that he wrote many years ago called A Woman Rides the Beast. And he really speaks of the very formation of uh, of Rome being part. And in his estimation, it's, it's pretty much the Roman church, the Roman Catholicism in Rome, Italy, and in all over the, the world for that matter. He has some pretty good arguments for that. And you look at the vestiges of Roman Catholicism. And if you're a Roman Catholic or you're you're listening here, I'm not bashing you personally, but I am trashing your religion. (laughs) I'm not bashing you specifically, okay? Do you understand the difference? It's sort of like a homosexual and the homosexuality. We bash the homosexuality because that's what the Word of God, he's against it. But the person themselves, do we, do we trash them? Do we beat them? No, we don't. We love them. But hopefully they'll come to their understanding of God's will and they'll repent. Same thing here. Same thing. But he wrote a, a fantastic book and he traces the very foundation of Babylon We'll look more at this in the next couple of weeks, but Babylon started, uh, the, the religion that was started there, the false religion with the ziggurat that they built that went into the heavens. We'll look at that a little bit more today, but from that place, in that plain of Shinar, after the flood, was exported all kinds of mystery religions all throughout the world, and they're very present with us today. They have their formation, their foundation back in Genesis 11, at that time of Babel, which is renamed Babylon. It's just a shortened term for it. It means confusion. Babel means confusion. Babylon is the city of confusion. Sounds like a place I want to live. Sounds like Pennsylvania right now, and Michigan, and Georgia, and Nevada, and and Wisconsin. Cities of confusion. The apostate church, even in Roman Catholicism. Just recently, on October 21st, 
There's an article that speaks about Pope Francis, and I just want to read an excerpt of it for you. And don't worry, I'm going to get on the case of the Protestants in just a moment, but you need to hear this because this is just one of many. There's a whole list of, of things that are, that are going on in, the, in Roman Catholicism that are heretical. There are many things in the Protestant church that are happening that are heretical too. But let me just read one to you. It's fairly recent. It says, Pope Francis endorsed same-sex civil unions for the first time. And I'm reading to you from an article. I can, I can give you the article. I can send you the link. You can look at it for yourself. But it says he endorsed, he endorsed same-sex civil unions for the first time as Pope while being interviewed for the feature-length documentary Francesco. It's kind of kind of nice. Which had its premiere at the Rome Film Festival on Wednesday. The papal... Uh, the, the, the papal thumbs up came halfway through the film that delves into issues Francis cares about most, including the environment, poverty, migration, racial and income inequality, and the people most affected by discrimination. And, and he says, quote, homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God. Francis said in one of his sit-down interviews for the film, what we have to have is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. Really? While serving as Archbishop of Buenos Aires, Francis endorsed civil unions for gay couples as an alternative to same-sex marriages. However, he had never come out publicly in favor of civil unions as Pope. Juan Carlos Cruz, who was gay, said that during his first meeting with the Pope in May of 2018, Francis assured him that God made, that God made Cruz gay. Cruz tells his own story in snippets throughout the film, chronicling both Francis's evolution on understanding sexual abuse, as well as to document the Pope's views on gay people. And so we even have a Pope in Rome that's the head of the Roman Catholicism that is saying it's okay. God made you that way. It would be very cruel for him to condemn what he's made. But let me suggest to you that God does no such thing. He makes no one gay. He makes no one be a bank robber. He makes no one do anything. That is all on you. It's all on you. It's all on us, what we do. He's not responsible for the gay man or woman. He loves them. Don't misunderstand that. He loves them. He wants to see them come out of that. There's no doubt about that. He loves them. But does he condone the sin? No. So why should the Pope? Every Catholic in America should be calling or doing something and saying, Mr. Pope, Mr. Francis, we've got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And they should be questioning. They should be outraged. He does not make the rules. God does. He makes the rules. Amen? But hey, let's not let the Protestants off the hook either. The United Methodist Church has gone through a split. We, we know back in January, this, this last January, even the Protestant Church, the United Methodist Church leaders are proposing a split into more than one denomination in a bid to resolve years of debate over LGBTQ clergy and same-sex weddings, according to the church's official news agency. The new proposal calls for a traditionalist Methodist denomination opposed to gay marriage and ordination of LGBT uh, clergy. Um, and so what you have here is a Protestant church that now has to split because a, a faction of them decided that it's okay to have gay clergy. It's okay to marry same-sex individuals. And the church is split 
And they did. They split. You got one group that has the rainbow flag out front, and you got other ones that are holding to the Bible the best they can, right? So it's even happening in Protestantism. So the Catholic Church is not the problem, it's part of the problem, but the Protestants are a mess too. And why are they a mess? Because they are not looking to Jesus Christ. They're looking at men. They're looking at traditions of men. They're not looking at God. They're not reading the word of God anymore. They're feeling it out. Well, I feel like this. I feel, <laughs> I feel like this. Hey, listen, our feelings don't mean anything. Feelings can be very dangerous. Has anybody given in to feelings and find yourself in a mess? I'll raise my hand. Yeah. Followed my feelings, got in a mess. So this harlot church is well underway. And I pray that none of us follow that pattern. I pray that we all draw closer to him and invite others to come in. What did God say? He said it several times. And even in the book of Revelation, come out from among her, my people. Come out from among that system. That system that embraces everything for the sake of inclusion and for the sake of feeling good. Hey, listen, the church is never supposed to be a place where you necessarily feel good all the time. If you leave this building feeling good about yourself and and being able to walk away in your sin and go, it's okay, the pastor said so. Hey, there's something really wrong. And I'll be honest with you, there's an edge to me right now, and I'll be honest with you. I think I can say it's probably true for many people, but I'll be right now. I am. I, I just. There. I'm just so on edge about so many things, and I know that I need to rest. I know I need to give it to the Lord. I'm, I'm going through something. I'm looking at what I'm seeing, and I can't just keep my mouth shut anymore. I'm looking at what I'm reading and the things that I'm seeing, and I'm like, boy, the writing is so clear on the wall. It couldn't be any more clear. It's a neon light blinking and flashing with red arrows. Doing this kind of thing, and and foolish am I if I don't see it, if I don't warn. My heart is a mess. Just because of what our country is going through right now, we're on the verge. I know God is going to have his way. He is. He's going to have his way. But do you love it? Do you love your country? I love Jesus more, but I do love my country. I'm a patriot. My father, my grandfather, my great-father, great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather all served in the military of this country to keep it. We have a foundation. We have a good foundation, a Christian foundation. Many don't believe that, but it's true. It's a Christian foundation. I've got the mus. Actually, my uncle's got the musket ball of one of my ancestors, or you know, his uh, my great 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 grandpa, or my great great grandpa, who's in the Civil War. He's got the musket ball that he was shot with in the Civil War. I've seen it with my own eyes. He was shot with it, and then they they had to, he went to a a, a a farm, and they had to dig the thing out of him, and they patched him up. And there's the musket ball. It's about that big around, and it was shaped. You can see how crudely it was shaped, and they wrapped it. It was all bloody, and they wrapped it in a piece of American flag, and they gave it to his wife. That was passed down through the family, and my uncle's got it. I saw it with my own eyes. These men fought for the right things. 
This country means a lot. To whom much is given, much is required. We ought not to let her fall to the floor and be trampled over by a bunch of radicals. But let me tell you how I really feel. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm trying to make light of that because I'm, I'm a very, uh, I've been in a very serious mood. And my heart, again, is in shambles. But I know God is working, and he's going to do great things. So we don't want to become part of this church system that we see already in the world. And it's going to find its amalgamation, its final uh, expression after we are, have been removed. It's going to be there. But a church which calls itself Christian and which courts an alliance with the godless world system, it commits spiritual adultery. What does it tell us in James? He says, James 4 verse 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you know? Do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So why is it that churches are friend with the world? Letting the world's system come into the church and say it's okay. No, it's not okay. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What does it say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15? He says, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so the church's love affair with the world will never produce within us Christ's likeness, nor will it convict others and draw people to the Lord. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. He said this to his disciples. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Notice he says, Now you are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. But then he says, finally, But you are also the lights of the world. Because after he was crucified and resurrected and ascended, he says, Now you are to carry that light the very witness of God. He who now restrains will restrain until he is taken out of the way. Folks, you and I, with the Spirit of God in us, are restraining everything that's happening right now. But once we are removed, oh, the floodgates. Have you ever seen the videos of the tsunami in 2000, or was it was 2011? I forget, I forget what, I think that was it, 2011, yeah. We, we, were, we just came back from Bulgaria or Israel. And we saw on the screens there in the Philadelphia airport, we saw live video of the tsunami coming into uh, those towns in Indonesia. And we saw the the buildings and the cars and the people just, it was horrible, remember? That's what it's going to be like, spiritually, once the church is removed. But this figure of a woman... This harlot is used symbolically of religion. It always has been. We see it even in Revelation chapter 2 when Jesus is writing to the letter uh, to the church at Smyrna. What does he tell them? He says, I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. As for your works, that the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who is probably the pastor's wife, perhaps, many believe, who calls herself a prophetess. And what does she do? She teaches and seduces my servant to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So not only physical fornication, but spiritual fornication. And didn't we see that in King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, who was over the 450 prophets of Baal? Wasn't she the same kind of thing? You know, nobody names their daughter Jezebel anymore. Probably good, probably good, you know. It's like how many people have a child and, you know, a beautiful baby girl comes out and the father's holding her and he's like, she's so precious. I think I'll call her Jezebel. Nobody calls their child Jezebel. 
She's synonymous with evil. She's synonymous with fornication and uncleanness. But notice here in verse 1 again, we're not going to get very far. But that's okay, because you know what? This, these two chapters are, are significant. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.